This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome back. I'm uh, George Affleck filling in uh, for Mike Smith, and we are supposed to have Keith Baldry here, but we're having some technical challenges, so we're continuing to try and get him through to our system here. But uh, earlier this morning, Simi Sarah spoke with Carlos Grosso, the dad of uh, Team Canada women's soccer player Julia Grosso. Team Canada's gold medal game is tomorrow at 5 a.m. our time. Simi asked Carlos how nervous he was feeling about that game. Well, it'll start hitting me a little bit later when I get up early in the morning again. <laughs> uh, are you glad to hear about the time change? Well, for for the player's safety, yes, right. But uh, we had the you know we had a, a viewing party scheduled. But you know what? It's all in the best interest of the players, right? It, health is the most important thing. Absolutely. Now, have you had a chance to talk to Julia? How's she feeling? Ah, she's feeling excited, right? And you know what? You know, nervous, which is common for any players before the game. But once the game starts, the nerves go away. Now, Carlos, uh, being the dad of a soccer player, I mean, I was the mom. I spent a lot of Sundays at soccer games as well when my kids were growing up. What's it like to put in all that time and now see this happening? Oh, it's, you know what, it's, you know, it's a dream come true for for Julia, right? And, you know, for for me and my wife, we're very excited for her and uh, we're just enjoying the journey, right? She's taken us to a lot of places around the world that I probably wouldn't have gone, right, to see. How did she get into soccer? Uh, Well, she started playing when she was five. I mean, her older sister, Carly. And since she was the youngest one, she wanted to be better than her older sister, right? Of and course. that's where it all started, right? So <laughs> so competitive at a young age is what you're telling us. She's very competitive, yes, with her older sister, yes. And when did you know, like, was it by watching her? Did a coach tell you that there was something special here? Um, she was always, because she's left-footed, right? And uh, we always knew that uh, she had that gift being a left-footed player, right? She had a lot of time, a uh, lot of, lot of skill and she's very poised because I also coached her when she was younger. Right. And then once she moved to the white caps, right, you could see the progression. That was Carla Grosso. The, uh, you know, the women's Olympic team played tonight for the gold medal. So it's uh, pretty exciting. And that'll be tomorrow morning, Japan time, 7 PM, our time. We got Keith uh, on the line uh, now. Oh, we lost them. So we'll go back. Uh, we're going to go back to the interview with uh, with the uh, the dad of one of the soccer players from the uh, the Olympics. We'll go back to that tape and listen to that. Oh, we got <laughs> this is live radio in action. We got Keith back. I've got the uh, uh, Tim yelling in my ear at the same time. So, t- Keith, are you there? Uh, I am here. <laughs> Nothing like technical difficulties on a Thursday morning. So, uh, we got huge numbers yesterday, 342. Are we in trouble? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, but we are, uh, it's of serious concern, and we're talking COVID cases, of course. Mm-hmm. And so what we've got is a situation where the Delta variant is now far and wide the dominant uh, virus in BC, the dominant COVID variant of concern. 
342 is higher than I think the public health officials anticipated back when we reopened. They did warn that we were going to get an uptick in numbers, but I think they were more thinking probably about 150 a day, not 350 a day. Mm -hmm. But what's happening is we're seeing a large number, well, almost everyone is unvaccinated who's coming down with COVID-19. The vaccinated population is not getting COVID-19, make that clear, but We've got a large number of young people in the interior, in central Okanagan, who are not vaccinated, who are coming down with COVID-19. The Delta variant is extremely contagious, mm-hmm. but we're not seeing a huge increase or even much of an increase at all in hospitalizations or people in ICUs or our mort- mortality rate is not increasing. Nobody's dying of, uh, of this with, uh, in, in terms of, of large numbers, as we're seeing south of the border in the United States. I track this every day. Mm-hmm. And what we're seeing south of the border is alarming because we're seeing so many unvaccinated people get very, very sick from the Delta variant. We're not seeing that in B.C., but we could see that. And that's why there's a, there's a bit of a lag factor in this in terms of hospitalizations. We could see a significant increase in hospitalizations in the next uh, two weeks or so as we see more cases uh, being found positive. What's also alarming, I reported last night, the positivity rate. Uh, the percentage of people testing positive is on an uh, inexorable climb throughout the province, not just the interior. It's 11% in the interior, but it's hitting 5% in the Northern Health Authority, mm-hmm. which where the Delta variant could start really spiking very big time in the north because there's really um, relatively few people, even fewer than the interior, People vaccinated. Um, you know, the vaccination rate in Port St. John is 57%. It's 54% in Dawson Creek. We're talking, you know, probably 30,000 people between those two towns. Many of those people could get sick from this uh, from COVID-19 if the Delta variant were to show up. But it hasn't shown up yet in the north, and that's good news. So there's a lot of fingers crossed right now, George, that this doesn't get out of hand. But uh, 342 is a big number. We're going to get another big number today. But keep an eye on the hospitalizations, the ICUs, mm-hmm. and the deaths. And so far, that's not a troubling statistic. No, and I think, but you know, getting sick and getting sick of this uh, virus is not doesn't sound like a cakewalk for a lot of people. So I think that this commun- communicating this at a local level, especially in those areas up north, mm-hmm. where they seem to not be hearing uh, or seeing the same things that we're seeing. If you follow any kind of social media, you see the stuff that people are posting. You know, my forty two year old husband died of this, and he was in f- perfect shape. Yep. And, uh, you know, this is not. Uh, this has to be taken seriously. One of the other issues, and uh, Terry Lake was on uh, Simi Sarah show this morning, and uh, he was taught he was with the. Uh, uh, the you know, long-term care uh, mm-hmm. association. Here's what he has to say about that. You have to say you must be vaccinated in order to work in long-term care. Um, you know, we don't have the, the system in place to do the regular testing and uh, the um, registration of personal health numbers. That still has not been developed uh, almost four weeks since the, the uh, visit, uh, uh, visit regulations were relaxed. Uh, so I think the the fastest and the most effective thing would be to say, look, in areas where we have high community spread, you must have a vaccine in order to work in long-term care. And, you know, we've seen this regional approach in terms of community spread in, in Kelowna with masking mandates, et cetera. So why not take a targeted approach to protect uh, the residents of long-term care? And that was Terry Lake, CEO of BC Care mm-hmm. Providers. Here's Dr. Bonnie Henry just on that real quick. Everybody who works in long-term care must be vaccinated, and that's something that we're working on right now. And we have a number of uh, uh, policy and orders that are in place that will be coming into place in the next few uh, weeks. 
So <laughs> Terry, well, we're getting there. now, now, I need it now. We need this now, yeah. and, so, and we're getting a bit of wishy-washy answer there. The, the vast majority of long-term care workers have been vaccinated. Right. So there's more than 41,000 people who have been fully vaccinated who work in long-term care. Mm-hmm. It's a relatively small number who haven't. But uh, Terry Lake's been pushing this uh, for some time, and I think he's going to win out here. I think there will, and Dr. Bonnie Henry has uh, said, there's going to be a rule on this. But I think it's not as easy as you think necessarily. Uh, there are there are collective agreements in place here. There's uh, contracts mm-hmm. and such. It's not an easy thing to do. Remember, there was a, an attempt to implement a mandatory flu vaccine a number of years ago in the healthcare sector, and the BC Nurses Union successfully fought that. And I think Terry Lake was actually the Minister of Health for part of that <laughs> battle. Um, so it's it's not as easy as you think necessarily to push a mandatory vaccine rule. Nevertheless, I think that's where we're headed. I uh, notice Quebec now is coming out with a basically yeah. a vaccine passport right. requirement. I think we're headed that way, George. Yeah. I think um, you're going to see more jurisdictions. Uh, require you either to have a vaccine passport or to basically say you cannot do X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z unless you are vaccinated. And that means uh, restaurants, bars, uh, nightclubs, fitness studios, for example, you're not allowed in unless you can show proof of of, uh, vaccination. I think that's also going to be the same in terms of employment in uh, various industries, including Mm -hmm. long-term care. But we're not not there yet, but it appears we're headed that way. And you see, but then you see the opposite in Alberta. It's like, you know, free-for-all, just like whatever. Uh I really don't understand Quebec and Alberta, like the opposite ends of the spectrum. Yeah, Dr. Himja, the chief medical health officer, has a piece out today in uh, in Post Media trying to explain her her actions. What I find interesting is that Dr. Bonnie Henry says her approach is based in science, and her counterpart in Alberta says her approach is based in science. They're completely the opposite. I'm not sure how you can reconcile these two approaches. BC is headed towards more restrictions, not fewer. And Alberta is basically back to its wild west. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ways. George Affleck in for Mike Smith, and uh, Keith Baldry is with me here, Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief, and we're taking your calls at 604-280-9898, 604-280-9898, and we got uh, Susan from Burnaby. Go ahead, Susan. Good morning, gentlemen. Hey. Thanks for everything you do. I have a baby shower to go to this weekend, uh, my first uh, granddaughter. Um, and so I'm ambivalent about going. I have been double vaccinated since February 12th because I work in the care home. But I don't know what to do and just wanted, yeah. To get your guys' input. Yeah, this is the ultimate. This is why the passport thing, Keith, is so you can hold a party and say, "Bring your passports." And uh, yeah, so I mean, if you're double vaccinated, double dosed, um, that provides you a huge layer of yeah. protection here. I don't think uh, you know if, if you're double dosed, don't turn off life. You know, start <laughs> living it. You you may require in your own life not to be around vaccinated people. That's probably what a lot of people are going to do. Mm-hmm. But in terms of a shower for your 
uh, granddaughter and, and stuff. I mean, you are really encouraged to get vaccinated to, in order to get on with life and to and to enjoy life again. So, I'm not. I'm I'm double dosed. I'm not cutting myself off from um, mm-hmm. the general community. I'm not, but I'm not going necessarily in large crowds. And it's going to be interesting. You know, the BC Lions, the CFL season kicks off this weekend. Um, we're not going to have huge crowds, but we're going to have crowds in stadiums mm-hmm. for the first time. And it's going to be interesting to see how many people are willingly uh, wanting to participate in those group activities. I've, known, I've talked to people who are now flying and find uh, they say how weird an experience it is to be in a room of playing with many, many people when you've spent 16 months avoiding crowds. <laughs> yeah. But now that you're double-dosed and many people in your community are double-dosed. Yeah, that's a thing. I mean, she's in Burnaby. Susan's in Burnaby. So you're looking at probably 80 to 85%. Uh, yeah, Metro size. Vancouver has a very high vaccination rate in yeah. terms of first doses and second doses. So she's in a community that's uh, very well protected. So get out and enjoy yourself. But, yeah. but get vaccinated. All right. We're taking your call. 604-280-9898. 604-280-9898. Chris from Langley. Go ahead. Thanks for taking my call there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Like it just seems like this is just a recipe for numbers to go up. I mean, when you get, make uh, uh, restrictions optional, mask optional, you kind of give that messaging out. Of course, you're dividing the population into the people who don't believe in this. They don't. They don't follow the restrictions to begin with, and now you're giving them permission to not follow the restrictions or or the recommendations now. And of course, like you go to the mall and you can almost see the people who are vaccinated versus the people who are not vaccinated. In general, in general terms, and so of course, these people who aren't vaccinated, who are most at risk, who don't believe that this virus is an issue, mm-hmm. don't believe it's a threat, they're of course coming together. They're of course floating the rules. They're of course not thinking uh, in, in terms of not getting affected. Of course, the numbers are going to go up. So it's almost like we've created this recipe, and then we're surprised that the numbers are going up. Of course, they're going to go up. Yeah, well, Chris, I mean, I, you know, Keith, the numbers are going up, but you're, as you mentioned earlier, Keith, we're not seeing the kinds of deaths or hospitalizations. No, and Dr. Bonnie Henry uh, yesterday told us on Global Morning News that, again, reminding us, we have to learn to live with this thing. This is not going to disappear. She said mm-hmm. this back in March 2020. I remember one of the very first briefings. She says that we're not going to get rid of this virus. Uh, mm-hmm. It's going to, ha- you know, eventually maybe it'll die out, but we're going to have to learn to live with it. And what we have to do is get vaccinated, maintain certain rules, ongoing rules, and we may revisit the mask, the mandatory mask rule. She did that in central Okanagan. You have to wear a mask in Kelowna if you're mm-hmm. indoors. That may spread to other communities. If we see these numbers really start ticking upwards, uh, we are seeing a growth in COVID numbers on Vancouver Island. Uh, uh, Fraser Health, mm-hmm. the North, uh, and Vancouver Coastal, but they're not a problematic yet. But they could be, which means we could revisit some of these rules. But again, the virus isn't going to disappear. We just have to learn to live is, and adapt and get vaccinated. Is that how you define a pandemic too? Though, is when it gets out of control, and then once you get it in control, it's not a pandemic anymore. It's just a bug or something. Yeah, I mean, you know, we get the flu every year. Uh, the right. flu kills people. Uh, it didn't last year because we had no flu uh, because we we're doing so much uh, public health measures. Mm-hmm. But uh, the common cold is the most common virus. We're never going to get rid of the common cold. Mm-hmm. We may never get rid of COVID-19. It, it, it continues to mutate, and we're going to get more variants of concern, which is, again, the urgency for people to get vaccinated. vaccinated, get your double dose. All right, we got Lee from Vancouver. Go ahead, Lee. Hey, how you doing? Good, real quick. Go ahead. Uh, okay, I was in. I just spent some time in Edmonton. I was there for the last month, and I have to say, I was horrified. I was up there because hmm. a member of my family passed away, and I was taking care of things. But when I went walking up White Avenue, 
Um, it, it's, this is mainly driven by young people up there because one out of 10 people was, was wearing a mask. Uh, you go walking up White Ave at nighttime and it's just like a big party on the street. They're drinking everywhere. They're partying. It's like not a care in the world. And when I read the paper, hmm. it only said that they were reached their 46% vaccination rate. And now they're letting go on everything. Yeah. And now, you know, what, what happens to people that are going to be driving yeah. back and forth and stuff like that, right? Yeah. All right, Lee, thanks. Yeah. Uh, real quick, uh, Keith, uh, the Alberta scenario is a well, mystery. everybody watch Alberta statistics in the next couple of weeks. Look at the number of COVID cases, the number of hospitalizations, ICUs, and deaths. And hopefully they're not very big. But I tell you, Alberta's rolling the dice like no one else is in North America. And it's going to be interesting to see what the outcomes are. All right, Keith, thanks Talk very much tomorrow. for joining me again. You Talk tomorrow.